Welcome back to the Monsters of Socks podcast. We took a week off because one of us wasn't feeling well. And now we are covered in Canadian wildfire smoke. Oh, man. Andy, are, you, are you feeling it's better? Not bad up, it's not bad up here, actually. Thank you. Yes, I am feeling better. I did spend a couple of days thrown up last week food poisoning i'm gonna i'm gonna short circuit our recommendations at the end of the show i'm gonna give my recommendation right now don't get food poisoning <laughs> it sucks uh but i am better now and uh, the wildfires haven't really affected us yet i mean it's been cloudy the past couple of days here so i don't and that uh, i'm sure the wildfires are making it a little bit darker but we're not getting what you guys are getting how are you are, are you uh like walking around with tears in your eyes and and, and you notice it that bad? It was yesterday. Yesterday, which will be Wednesday, it'll be two days ago by the time people listen to this. That was the day where it started hazy, started smelling, and then just got you. Everybody saw the pictures, literally yeah. bright orange, and it was like that. Yeah, for a it's while. insane. So it's it's insane. Uh, but also putting out fires this week for the Boston Red Sox. But the difference <laughs> is they started those fires. And I'm not actually sure they put it out. No, I don't frankly. think they put it out. Well, I think the, they... the listeners will know the end result of what happened, but I think That's the process true. in having Matt Dermody start, which since we're recording this before the game, we believe he is going to start on Thursday. Yeah. yeah. I would say there is at least a chance he does. Uh we'll, we can get into this. And one of the reasons why there's at least a chance he doesn't. Because in one of the pieces, one of the points you brought up in your piece, uh, which uh, just published today on Thursday, but will still be up on the site tomorrow on Friday. So go check it out. One of the, the points you made was that there are plenty of other people who could start tonight. <laughs> plenty yes. of others. I would say, I mean, I don't think I don't think they're going to back down, but I think there's probably a five to 10 percent chance he doesn't take the hill tonight. We'll find out. Yeah, for those who don't know, and every single person listening to this podcast probably knows, Matt Dermody is, I wouldn't even call him a journeyman. He's a barely having played left-handed previously reliever. Yeah. He would be a reliever. This is a... Well, he's a, he's, a, he's a journeyman in the sense that he's already had to go to Japan and come back. And he's already had, uh, it's honestly the same uh, scandal in Japan for tweeting that because he was a Christian, all Jews are not Jews. Oh my God. Gay people were going to hell. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, he's probably tweeting. I know I'm not getting into what he probably believes. I'm just saying because it would follow under the same umbrella, but he said gay people, his team in Japan wrote an apology message Given that the Japanese league currently employs Trevor Bauer, think about that. He is being selected because the Red Sox apparently don't have anybody else to make a spot start despite having seven starting pitchers on the roster and a capable lineup of relievers. And not only are his homophobic, that homophobic tweet coming to light, his entire account is very standard issue. I'm sure there are many players in baseball who believe these sort of things. Anti-Fauci, talking about a total war, 
X, Y, and Z. Uh, in my piece, which we will get into, my problem is much less on the surface with the player having these beliefs starting because as I wrote, I'm sure this happens all the time, though I need to give special credit to the guy on Twitter who A, spelled my name wrong in replying to the post. B said, oh, I'm sure this is a first time a homophobe uh, has started in baseball because C, that means he not only did he not read the article, which of course fine, I would guess it. He didn't even read the tweet he was responding to, which says it would still be bad if Matt Durbin was starting if he was a model citizen. Yeah. Because this is year three and a half of the High and Bloom era. You've signed many, many starters and other relievers. The Red Sox are fighting to stay above 500 in the season. You say or you com- are competing in. And you are starting a guy who has two innings since the last Jedi came out in Major League Baseball. It doesn't add up. And the worst part to me, outside of the fact he's starting it all, is that Heim Bloom said he didn't mean to insult. I don't remember if he said insult or offend people by his words. He said all gay people were going he to hell. He didn't mean to hurt, I think he said. Hurt. He didn't mean That's to hurt was. people. Yeah. When you say people are going to hell, you were trying to hurt them. That is the yep. So it just, it's nonsense. And that's what bothers me as much as anything else in this whole affair, which will be over in some ways as of tomorrow, but in other ways continues just a long pattern with Bloom. Yeah, I don't. um, It isn't just Bloom. And I don't really know what to do in these situations anymore. Um, They're happening more and more frequently. And it seems like they're going to keep happening. Because (laughs) social media allows it to happen. And look, you know, the point that you raised and the one uh, Twitter commenter raised that, uh, Oh, how shocking is it that this major league pitcher holds these views? It's not shocking at all. What you acknowledge in the piece. Um, it's not I acknowledge that they're probably the majority views among American right. baseball. Right. You had a wonderful line about if, if, if the electorate was only made up of players in, in the MLBPA, then America's laws would look a lot like Florida's. That, I at first had Idaho and, and I realized I, that wouldn't mean any, I mean, it would mean it wouldn't something, mean anything to but yeah. they wouldn't know any specifics whereas in Florida, yeah. of course, you know. Yeah. And also um, half the players live in Florida anyway, so. Right. Which is why, uh, you know, I think, you know, there's already been some Twitter chatter about, well, why are we going after Bloom instead of the person who actually said it? Well, that's why we we go after Bloom. Of course, you go after the decision makers. You go after the people in power. Matt Dermody is not in power. Matt He's Dermody a nobody. Is, as, He's he is a nobody. A nobody. Yes. He is a nobody. He's not. I mean, he's this. We're not talking about Raphael Devers making these tweets here. This is a totally, totally fungible, forgettable replacement level pitcher. This is exactly like the WEI situation. It is. It absolutely is. Yes. So that's why you go after the people who are in power, because nobody knew who Matt Dermody was yesterday. And nobody will remember who he is six months from now, whereas we will know who John Henry, Sam Kennedy and I am Bloom are. So that's why you go after the people in power. 
but at the same time, it's just like, I, I don't know. I just, I woke up and I was just so, I saw the news and I was just so depressed because I know that the Red Sox are just going to let this blow over <laughs> because that's what every team does because, and in part, because we know exactly like we said, so many of the players hold these views. Um, now, having said that, now that's what I initially thought. I, like I said, I woke up and I was initially, and I was depressed and I'm and, and, and in part of it, because like I said, we just, you know, my first thought was, God, we know half the clubhouse agrees with him, but I actually don't want to sort of dwell with that idea that half the clubhouse agrees with him, that, that white major league baseball is, is all like this because that we know that's also not the case. Um, and it hasn't necessarily been the case for a while. Are these beliefs there? Yes. Are they tolerated in the clubhouse? Yes. But, you know, I think it was probably 10 years ago at this point where Dustin Pedroia did promotional work for the It Gets Better campaign. Um, I don't know if you remember that. It, it's I haven't heard a lot from them, but um, the It Gets, Gets Better campaign, which was aimed at adolescent gays, for, for, you know, primarily teenagers, and, you know, let's not mince words about what the It Gets Better campaign was trying to do. The It Gets Better campaign was trying to keep gay teenagers from hurting themselves, from killing themselves because of the things like uh, that, that Matt Dermody says. And Dustin Pedroia took part in that. And I remember thinking that that was not not that it was surprising that Pedroia specifically did it. But I remember thinking that it was surprising that a Red Sox player did it at all. Um, and that must have been, you know, eight to 10 years ago at this point. Um, and so I do think that they're, they're probably like white Southern Christian conservative culture has dominated baseball culture for a long time, particularly at the college ranks. Um, but it, I, I see some evidence that that is changing a little bit for the better in recent years. Um, so I, I hope that we can sort of move past the, well, half the clubhouse believes this anyway, because frankly, that's probably the conclusion that Bloom and Kennedy came to when, you know, if you take them at, a, at their word, when they found, when they supposedly discovered these tweets during spring training, they, they discussed whether or not to terminate them. They apparently decided not to. I'm sure that, well, half the clubhouse believes in this anyway was something that came up in their conversation but I don't necessarily know how true that is anymore. And I think, I, I hope we're getting to a tipping point where it doesn't necessarily matter, where we can say, you know what? We're going to hold ourselves to a higher standard anyway, especially when it comes to Matt freaking Dermody. The analytics community, such as it is, have taken such a beating for something that they are not anymore, which is just numbers on a page. I think in most cases, they're, they're much more than that, but it's hard to look at this. And then having only discovered this, that their team wrote an apology for in Japan. It's the same tweets. There are not any, I mean, there are new ones that he's liked that are really bad, but he hasn't written one like this. Right. Right. That suggests to me that you are looking at the numbers on the page and nothing else. This is not, this was not hidden. No, this they is knew about public. It. They knew. And I they knew it. I, I cannot accept at all their story that they didn't know about it when they signed it because he deleted the tweet. 
you know, if it because like <laughs> the fact that is that the Sabu Lions apologized for it is all you need to know that the Red Sox knew about it. It's and this the headline of my piece is Chaim Bloom is a terrible liar because I've listened to Chaim Bloom on podcasts with major journalists and he's smart and he's engaging. He's captivating. And then he does stuff like this and says stuff like this that doesn't pass the slightest smell test, but I need to refocus. I agree with you that, you know, it is difficult for me to say that because here's the other part. Bloom goes out of his way in, in talking to Sean McAdam who wrote it for mass live to say, we don't condone these, but we also do not take any position on anyone's religious beliefs. And yeah. that is so conspicuous in its not side taking against this. Yeah. I, I want to get, I, I, I do want to get into that. I actually, in some ways, I think this is the thing that we should be talking about more than Dermody himself. And, and more than well, that's the fact to, he sucks. They're supposed to be competing. Yeah. They sign a million starters. I will, you can talk, and then I have another part that yeah. I want to go over. So, there's two, there were two quotes in the McAdam piece, um, that sort of spoke to the same issue one from Kennedy, one from Bloom. The Kennedy one was, We cannot dictate the religious beliefs or political views of our players and employees. But we do require they treat people in our organization and ballpark with respect and professionalism. All right. A couple of things about this. First of all, as someone with a law degree, <laughs> you can dictate the religious beliefs and political views of your players, employees, if you want to. I understand why you don't. I wouldn't suggest you do. But let's get blanket statement right out there. They absolutely can. This is not a First Amendment issue at all. If the Boston Red Sox said that they wanted to uh, field a team entirely of uh, people who voted for Bernie Sanders, they could do so. That team would be terrible, um, but they could do it. Uh, there's no law against that whatsoever. Um, I have proof. So I have proof. Yankees, facial hair. The end. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, facial hair is protected expression, according to the Supreme Court, probably. Um, so yes, they, they absolutely could do it if they want to, uh, they don't want to, and they shouldn't, and most private employees shouldn't. And I understand that. Um, but having said that, uh, just because you don't want to, doesn't mean you can't draw a line somewhere. And this quote is very similar to what a lot of institutions and organizations, high profile institutions, organizations will do when they get caught in a situation like this, like in the, in the, in the Dermody situation. And what Kennedy is doing here is kind of, in one sense, making the problem bigger than it has to be. And in doing so, uh, giving them an excuse to wipe their hands of it. We can't dictate the religious beliefs of political views. This is a, this is a bigger thing. We're, like, we're just a simple old baseball team here trying to field nine guys on the field. You don't even have to dictate anyone's views you can just look at this as a choice you made you made a choice to start a guy who believes that a significant portion of your fan base and your staff are going to help 
we don't have to talk about political and religious views. This is just a choice you made. And, you know, you don't have to make it into anything bigger for us to say that's a shitty choice. You just you don't need to do this. And, you know, like I said, this a lot of institutions do this. This this is only kind of a cousin of what you'll see other institutions do when they say, you know, well, you know, we can't we can't solve homophobia ourselves. Uh, You know, the the issues this reflects here are larger issues in society writ large. Yada, 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 yada. Maybe that's true. But you can just make a good choice. You can do that. I don't care. You know, you don't you don't have to dictate the political views of your employees. You can just make a good choice. So why in this situation is giving Matt Dermody a start a good choice? Well, this is what I want to get into, because two days ago I wrote about a Chris Cotillo piece that was very much seemed superficially fluffy on how the 13 players the Red Sox had cut or DFA'd before the season were all sort of bad. And it read like, well, aren't they so smart for getting rid of these guys? And then the immediate reaction that I saw was, okay, but what about Michael Waka or J.D. Martinez or Nate Ivaldi, who's basically the best pitcher in the AL? And Cotillo realized it immediately and was like, look, I actually wrote about those guys last week, but it just standalone. It looked uh, like a, a, a cheery piece, but at the looking at it today and viewing it through the lens of what we see today and the Red Sox having tried to solve the problem of not having enough starters by having way too many starters and still not having someone to go today. What if your problem is you sign bad players and let good ones go? Yeah. (laughs) And then you are dealing with players whose backgrounds you don't know very well. All for the upside of what? Getting to see for one inning that maybe he could become a back of the bullpen reliever? Right. I mean, he's 30 years old. He's 31 years old. Exactly. And that's the other part about... What are you doing here? That's the other part about tweets and liking the tweets as of last year that I am not sympathetic for because you're grown. Yeah. You're not 21. Yeah. This isn't a Josh Hader situation. This isn't a Josh Hader situation. And and everyone... And, you know, one of the knee-jerk responses from people is, well, don't we give people a second chance? Sure, I am all for giving people a second chance. One, the Red Sox haven't yet shown us what he's done to deserve a second chance. Okay. Like you have to, you actually have to ask for one in the right way and earn it. It's not just something that's handed out. And all well, they've, no, all they've no, said you, so far. You are wrong because they are handing it to him. They, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. I, I'm, I'm positing how it should work, not how yeah. it does. Um, you know, all they've said so far is that he deleted it and, you know, was sorry that he, or it didn't mean to hurt anybody. And I, I'm reminded of like an episode I had to go through with my toddler son who, (laughs) you know, my wife wanted to teach him the importance of the word sorry once, um, how it's just good thing to say. You make a mistake, you say sorry. You hurt somebody, you say sorry. Even if it's an accident, 
And and she tried to teach him that, you know, hey, it does, just saying sorry doesn't mean that you're to blame if you accidentally hurt your little brother or something like that. It's just a good thing to say. And she said she used the phrase. She said sorry is like a magic word um, that makes people feel better and helps problems go away. And for a while, he ran with that and, you know, would uh, do something naughty that toddlers do and then just say sorry. And I would be like, well, hey, um, should we also go check on your little brother who you just kicked in the face for, for no reason? And he didn't think he had to because he said sorry. Because as his mother had told him, sorry is a magic word. So in his opinion, like just saying sorry erases everything. And that seems to be what the Red Sox are doing here, where it's like, well, he took down the tweet and he said, sorry, but no, there's something else you got to do here. You got to show us what you've learned, what you've moved on to, if you apparently have. You got to show us why you deserve a second chance. He hasn't done that. No, and I can can buttress your argument here. My son did the exact same thing. He would do something wrong. He'd go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then he started doing it at school. And his teacher said, when I said it to him, it didn't sink in. But his teacher said, Sam, sometimes saying sorry isn't enough. And then it clicked. It finally clicked. Yes. Where he's like, you have to oh. say you're sorry. And then you have to fix the thing you're sorry about. Right. That's and what's missing here. We're not fixing the thing he's supposedly sorry about. Yes. And to wrap a bow on all of this my piece asked the general question why do things like that like ryan brazier fell into the same bucket to some degree uh not specifically homophobic material but uh certainly about race his his was in response to doc rivers talking about george floyd right so this is not the first time, and it's not the first time the Red Sox have done something, and as you said, just said, I'm sorry, or no, this is good for us, when it's clearly not. And I ask, why Why do they keep going for this? And it's the same thing I've said for three and a half years or four years. This is a five-year rebuild, and they're still just tinkering. And a game tonight, which will have been last night when you listen to this, is as good a time as any to see what you can get from the uh, apparently just maniac pitcher who has two innings to his major league career in five years because the pitchers you have signed are not good enough to be starters. At what point is this your fault? Yes, yeah. This is what we were saying. As I wrote in the piece, the two best moves Bloom made, signing Yoshida, easily an amazing move. Mm -hmm. That's flexing your muscle as the Boston Red Sox in a way you couldn't have done on the Rays, probably wouldn't have. You see value out in the open, you you ostensibly overpay, turns out you probably underpaid. The best, the second best, Marcelo Meyer in the draft. Drafting before he falls to you, your big team, you can afford it. Yeah. Pick it. Those moves provide so much value that if you focused on just getting good players 
that was a those were the cases very clearly where they got good players and value because look the Mookie trade was bad on value they have gotten two usable players and one who's gone it's about both and this is a today's thing is about neither the value here is so small that mm-hmm. even before in my opinion you get to the fact that he doesn't belong in polite society by his own uh, admission in uh, inclusive society, I should say. Well, hold on there, Brian. Hold on there. He's just not good enough. (laughs) I want to, yeah, you're right. But uh, what you just said uh, raises another high and bloom quote that we need to bring up here. And this is the real doozy. You just said he's uh, what, what did what exactly did you say about Dermody belonging in? Uh, I said an inclusive society. Right, he doesn't belong in an inclusive society. Well, that's where you're wrong, Brian Joyner, because according to Ian Bloon, quote, if we're committed to creating an inclusive environment, it's not right for us to police what people believe. Actually, uh, it is because being <laughs> inclusive is the defining principle of inclusive society. Yes. Yes. No, being inclusive he does not mean in. you need to tolerate people who hate the rest of you. It's not that you don't talk. If he walks in and says, all gay people are going to hell. No, you cannot stay here. Like that. Yeah. It's You can think it all you want. You can talk to other people about it all you want. Nobody's policing that. Yeah. The Red Sox have made it. So that, and guess what? He's Matt Dermody's to... he's Matt Dermody has had gay teammates. He has because we know how numbers and statistics work. And you know those those he's had gay teammates who've never been able to come out because they make their living in an environment that doesn't allow them to come out. And ask those guys what Matt Dermody did to create an inclusive environment. I am ask those guys. Well, he probably gave some Japanese uh, fans some home runs to uh, to go crazy about. The thing is, he's nobody. He's nobody. Okay, Matt Dermot. Like, I hope that he doesn't go on living like this. It seems very exhausting and counterproductive. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. He's not an important baseball player. And that is why I don't want him starting for the Red Sox. And then everything on top of it is just another piece in a pattern here. Look, there's a high and bloom protectorate online and there are people go after high and bloom. Part of this is high and bloom is not like the other GMs because the owners spoke a lot more and high and bloom clearly, clearly is tasked with speaking for ownership more than the previous GMs did or presidents of baseball operations. That is a good point that I haven't considered. That's why he's a lightning rod because he's out in the storm. Yeah. But we got to hit him with lightning at times like this and be like, no, no. And that's what I'm trying to do. Well, I think he did a good job. Um, I may or may not add something to it later today. I don't know. I think you, you covered most of the bases. Um, I'm not reading my Menchies, unfortunately. 
I'm just, just look. you probably shouldn't. No, I'm, oh, gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to moderate comments today, aren't I? God yes, you damn are. It. I yes, hate, you are. I hate having to do that. Uh, all right, I guess I'm not doing Dan, anything other. Than- hey, Dan, you you want to hear something crazy, crazier than Matt Dermody yeah, starting for the Red Sox? I wrote three things this week. You did. You how about that? You really did, yeah. And this and I mean, this one was what fifteen hundred words. You you polished off in like an hour. I got to say that this is the this and the one I wrote about Cotillo's piece. And again, mm-hmm. I actually think now Cotillo did the exact opposite of what I was knee jerk thought happened because when you say, "Oh, we got rid of thirteen players and they all suck," aren't we smart? It's like, well, you had thirteen players who suck. So I don't know about yeah. that. Yeah, that did, well, the, and the, the fact that one of those guys was Jeter Downs. Is yes, just, the, it's the other part. Really, it's like yes, and one of them is one of them is like throwing it's, away. It's uh, really, really. Rich. You know what? You know what Jeter Downs is? He's a he's like a an NFT, where it's like, oh boy, this is gonna be it, and there's like, oh, I know it's it's nothing. It's not, we spent two hundred thousand dollars on this NFT. On this cheater downs. Oh man, that's. Uh, I may be interested. I might release my first NFT uh, just based on that. <laughs> just a Jeter Downs NFT, and let's see if we can get it to be more valuable than Jeter uh, Downs as a baseball player. <laughs> so I think that you know what I'm mad about this week. Just to. I yeah should we should we find out what else you're mad about? It feels weird to pivot to actual baseball stuff now. No, uh, we got to eventually. And by look, get, yeah, as you yeah, said, yeah. these things these things pass. And by the time people listen to it, a lot of it was passed. But before we talk about that, let's take a commercial break, and then we will find out what else I'm angry about. We're back. Am I mad? Probably. Dan, let's find out. <laughs> let's find out. Well, since we took two weeks off, uh, you had extra time to be mad. Uh, the Red Sox, since the last time we the last time we spoke, the Red Sox went five and seven. That is not including uh, tonight's Matt Dermody start. So if Dermody goes in, out and spins a gem tonight, they could be six and seven. More likely, they will be five and eight. Uh, but five and seven since we last spoke, they only defeated the Diamondbacks in a series in that stretch. In their last 16 over, you know what the record is in the last 16? Five and 11. There you go. You nailed it right because they were on a, they were on a, uh, a four game losing streak when we spoke last. I, I was, th- I, I didn't know, but I was like, that's gotta be the answer. Yeah, there you go. Um, so this week they lost three of the four to the Rays. They have split the first two or three games set with the guardians so far. And then they have the Yankees this weekend. So, God, it already feels like this was a month ago, but it was actually only a few days ago. Let's start off with the big one. Brian Joyner, how mad are you about the fact that Chris Sale last week announced that he has shoulder inflammation and will be on the IL for at least 15 days, possibly the rest of the season, possibly the rest of his career, who knows? Let's start with this before you before you give me a number about how angry are you. Uh, what 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 would you put as the over under on number of starts Chris Sale makes the rest of the year? Great question. Six. I don't even have an answer. Six. That's a good one. 
That's a good over under. Uh, yeah, because I do feel like there's a pretty good chance he could. I mean, it seems. It seems like this it's going to least... be a you're out for a long time and then come back and make a few starts, or you're out for a short time, come back, make a few starts, and then really hurt yourself. Go out and again. Then you're out. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, yep. I, I'm leaning more towards the. I'll go ladder. six and a half. Let's let's give him the half. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think the latter is is the more likely scenario um, for a couple of reasons. One, because it's pretty early in the season still, um, and I think to the extent that the Red Sox would like to remain in the competitive picture, they know they need Chris Sale for that, and I think they might do things to see what he can do that they maybe otherwise wouldn't later in the year. Um, and you know, there is also the fact that he. I mean, it was a weird. It was a weird outing when he came out, um, but after the initial medical trip to the to the mound that Cora took, and then and then he went back to the dugout for two pitches. I mean, I think like Chris Hill did dial it up to like the mid nineties on one of those two pitches. Obviously, something was still mechanically wrong, and they did the right thing going out there and nipping it in the bud. But um, you know, he, he whatever the, the, you know, this shoulder inflammation at least at least allowed him to dial it up once with the shoulder inflammation. So. I do think he probably will come back. And then, like you said, he'll make two or three starts and then be out for the rest of the year or something like that. See, I don't know. I found that when, when they're very conspicuously throwing hard, it gives me the opposite impression Mm. where I'm just like, he's trying to tell himself that he can do this. Doing whatever he can to. Yeah. Yeah. It could be like Pedro in the game seven against the Yankees where he came in. Got, gave a couple runs and he started throwing 98 because he's like, all right, all right, I gotta, I gotta show that I can still do this. That was so depressing. I wish we could edit that out of four days in October too. I hate that that happened so much. That was um, the only like all the dread in the world. The best part, the good part for Red Sox fans is like uh, that is the entirety of Celtics Game Seven. That's all that happened. <laughs> it's true. So. That's true. Not to get sidetracked, but I always wondered. Maybe I'm projecting because I think this is how I would feel if I were in Pedro's case. But you rewatch the videos of the clubhouse celebrations after that game seven in 2004. I always felt that Pedro was kind of putting on airs of happiness that probably weren't there. Do you think that's possible? No, like I, I, think, I, I think this was an explicit. Pedro gets to fuck up the Yankees and he got hit just as much as they would have allowed him to. No, 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 no. But I'm saying I, I watching Pedro celebrate in the locker room after that game, I felt like he was actually pissed off and sad, but was like, I need to look happy now. Eh, Maybe they really hated the Yankees. Yeah, that's true. All right. So what's your number about Chris sale here? How angry are you about this? Let's go with six. Six, yeah. I don't know if we even can be. We got a It's more. It's out. more just resign. It's more resignation. But right. I will chalk it up to anger, simply because part of the cascading uh, fallout from Chris Sale being hurt and Kluber sucking, Pavetta sucking, is 
Germany. Like it's Germany, it's yeah. kind of all connected. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, we like we got eleven starts. Uh, I wonder what the over under on starts was coming into this year. It probably was fifteen, maybe something like that. I would say maybe like eight. I'd say like eighteen. I think we're I think 18, we're going to be, yeah. and we'll see. Yeah. So we got what about what we expected, um, and now we wait for the shoe to drop with James Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say it, but we know it's happening. All right, so we're six there from Chris Sale. Uh, next one. How angry are you about the fact that on Monday, Christian Arroyo returned from the IL? Thus, Alex Cora moved Kike Hernandez from shortstop to center field, said that they would be doing this pretty much going forward, and Kike Hernandez immediately in that Monday game against the Rays made two outstanding defensive plays robbing a home run in the triangle for the first one coming in for what i thought was an even more difficult butt slide catch later in the game how angry are you about kike hernandez moving to center field and immediately excelling didn't he move back though on on tuesday that's the next thing on my list (laughs) No, I'm angry that he moved back. <laughs> the next thing on my list is how angry are you that he immediately played shortstop in the next two games? Yeah, it's an eight. It's an eight. I'm taking the whole thing as one. Okay, yeah. I'm not angry that they let go of Tapia instead of Duran, which... I'm not either. Yeah, I know Jake wrote a piece about that, and he raises some valid points, but ultimately... Duran has a ceiling. Duran yeah, has a ceiling. And this is it. Precisely. Like this is it. It's there's no this is there's gonna be no more of this. Yeah. He gets the chance. This is like this is like what they're doing, not uh all politics and whatever aside, this sort of like tryout for Duran is almost exactly what they're doing for Dermody in much bigger this is it for Dermody. This is it, yeah. especially yeah. now that the eyes are on him. Uh and this is it for Duran, and that's why like they can always get Ramo Tapia back. Let's be serious. Yeah, they can't always get not a not him specifically, Jared but they Durant can get back. a Ramo Tapia. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If, if Duran, he as they even said it, as I've said, like the game has come, move to him if he can move close enough to the game. He offers enough that the upside is just there. And frankly, if we're starting Matt Dermody, the games are not that important. Yeah. So in last night's game, Kike Hernandez did not make an error at shortstop. However, the Red Sox did blow the game through infield defense <laughs> completely. And I also do want to point out there was another play uh, was not classified as an error and did not actually cause any damage. Um, but since we're speaking of Jaron Duran, Jose Ramirez hit a double off the center field wall late in the game. Duran lined up to field it uh, off, off the bounce, off the ground. And the ball, nobody noticed this. The ball just rolled right under his glove off the wall. And for, like, it didn't cause any damage because Verdugo was right there. Verdugo picked it up and threw it in. But uh, I saw that. And, you know, so much of what we of what excited us about Duran earlier in April was not just that the numbers were there, but, but was that he looked like a different player, both in the field and at the plate. And I saw that ball just that little just dribble right through his legs last night. And I was like, oh shit. Are we yeah. gonna be back to how does this guy how is he not able to move properly in the outfield, Jaron Duran? Well, isn't there another roster spot coming up? There'll be another 
That would be today evolve. when people are listening to this, right? Yes, it will. It will. So actually, that's uh, that. Let's let's go on to the next one here. These segues here, we're nailing these segues here. How angry are you about the fact that the player currently tied for second in F WAR on the Boston Red Sox is coming back this weekend? Adam Duvall is still Adam Duvall, who has played eight games this year brian eight games is currently tied for second in f4 on the entire team alex Verdugo leads the team yoshida and duvall are next with 1.1 i'm not mad he's coming back but i'm like a 10 of 10 mad that this is the case <laughs> this is what i'm saying what if Hyam bloom is picking the wrong player what if the team isn't good? And look, they've been in a down. We the, the thing is, we know, forget whatever the team is and isn't. It could be better if we had certain players we let go, specifically Evaldi, if he pitched the same way. Obviously. Waka, obviously. JD, the, I'm fine. the log jam at the corners yeah. means that JD had to file out at some point. That's yeah. Right, we get it. I don't. I don't mind that. I'm more bothered by Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, frankly, than either Evaldi or Waka. I, I I went on record last year saying I was happy to let Evaldi walk because I was really concerned by the dip in velocity. Obviously, I was wrong. Whatever was wrong with him was something that he was pretty, you know, able to fix pretty easily. Um, Waka, I was fine letting him walk as well. I, you know, NL Pitcher of the Month, great. I'm happy for him. I don't expect him to continue his, to pitch at all. His underlying level. stats have not been all that. Right, right. Erod bothers me more because this was a guy who's considerably younger than both of them and a guy the Red Sox should know really well and a guy that we saw really improve as a pitcher throughout his Red Sox time. Like we saw him get better year after year after year. Um, and you yeah, know, we put I, in all the hard work so that he did. Now, yeah. now, we do have to say that last year was put not... it. I mean, yes, he missed he missed half the season because of some really what, weird, unforeseen personal thing. We would have fit in on the 2022 Red Sox, though. It would have been, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and and I've seen people bring that up with respect to Erod. Oh, the Boston media really would have handled Erod missing half the season last year. Well, it's whatever. What is it? It's a four or five year contract. Okay. Let's not, let's not let one half of a season that was derailed because of something weird and personal, uh, you know, overshadow the rest of what looks like is going to be a very good contract for the Detroit Tigers. I'm more bothered by Erod than any of those guys. That's fair. That's totally fair. I was saying that the, the key to winning is to have good baseball players. Correct. And, um, right Adam now, Duvall was, was Barry Bonds for eight games. He was. He is not going to be for the rest yeah, of the season. I was going to say, I don't <laughs> think he's going to stay. I don't think his FR. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll see. I mean, he was, his whole thing is that he's a uh, two true outcomes guy. Uh, if, yeah. I think three true outcomes isn't as much a thing anymore because it's really just home runs or strikeouts. Yeah, they'll walk, but they're trying to hit home He doesn't runs. walk a ton. Yeah, he doesn't walk a ton. Right. It's Adam, Adam Duvall. It's funny. Like, uh, Adam Duvall this year is a mini, mini case study of Kike Hernandez overall. Um, one of the things we talked about on our opening day roundtable was, was Kike Hernandez and sort of the way that he was kind of positioned as the face of the franchise this offseason. 
and how it was really weird because for as good as Kike Hernandez was in 2021, we all knew he wasn't that good. And we all knew he was going to bounce back. And, and Kike became this fan favorite and became a personality uh, whose reputation and adoration far exceeded what we knew we were going to see from him on the field. And I feel like that's happening with Adam Duvall right now in the microcosm right now because because he was so good for eight games. And now you see, see people like, yeah, the offense is struggling, but hey, we're about to get help. Duvall and Story are coming back. Duvall and Story are coming back. Adam Duvall is going to come back as Adam Duvall, which is like a career. He has a, he has a below average WRC plus for his career. He's a guy who, yes, he can mash a lot of home runs. He's also going to have weeks where he like strikes out 12 times in a week. Like, that's yes. going to happen. And he doesn't get a single hit. Um, and, you know, so if, if you're expecting the Adam Duvall of the first eight games of the season to walk through that door, uh, you know, go to go Rick Pitino yourself, check yourself. It ain't happening. Um, he's, he's, he's Adam Duvall and he's going to come back as Adam Duvall. He's going to come back as the same guy he's been for the last 10 years, which is just a, a guy who can hit a ton of home runs, but a guy who strikes out a ton and does really nothing else of particular value on the baseball field. He, he'll catch the ball in center field too. He'll catch the ball in center field when he plays there. He won't make the types of plays Kike Hernandez made against the Rays on Monday night, which is why Kike will probably get more run in center field than him. Um, but he's not going to save this team. He's not going to save this offense at all. And I hope people don't expect that he's going to. Nope. It's it's weird because the offense was so lauded early, but they they just don't hit home runs. And when you play the Rays, it really is thrown into sharper leaf. Yeah, because that's all they do. Well, that's not all they do. They also steal more bases than anyone by far. So we are not the class of the league, Dan, or the division. We are not. Um, do you want to you want to put a uh, put a little number there on your anger about Adam Duvall coming back? <laughs> Have I found anything you're uh, in the negative territory yet? I mean, this. Why would I be negative about this? I'll be negative. Uh, I, mean, I mean, why would I be positive about? It? I really got to right. change well, the system. Hey. I'll, I'll give a negative three. <laughs> so you are kind of happy about him coming back? Of course. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That's mostly because he's on my dynasty team, and I'm playing Jake this week, and I really, really want to win. <laughs> but Jake right, Devereaux, is... by the way, for those of you who are like, yes. Of course, you're playing Jake. Jakes. Everybody is named Jake. All right. Uh, so you're three there. Oh boy, this is. I'm looking at this list right now. I'm sorry. I, I made a. I made a list that's just going to really make you angry. Good. I didn't, no, I didn't nothing you make. You're not making me angry. You're just. I'm, I'm judging. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm gauging anger. Okay. All right. So here's a little throwback. Here's the throwback, Brian, to uh, a conversation we had on the pod, probably about a month ago at this point. How angry are you about the fact that in the great April 2023 Alex Verdugo versus Mookie Betts debate that raged for about four weeks when a lot of people out there on Twitter were saying, hey, Verdugo's better than Betts anyway. And we got Connor Wong. How angry are you about the fact that Mookie Betts is now, of course, he is ninth in all of baseball and B-War right now, 
he is blowing past Verdugo, who's down uh, to 2.3. Yes, because Mookie Betts is going to the Hall of Fame, and Alex right. Verdugo is not, and Connor Wong is not. Yeah, so, I just want to give you a chance to crow about this. Jeter, Jeter Downs is not. Look, I'm happy. I was thinking about this because people, it, very convenient. It would be because, look, Verdugo leads the team, right? And Connor Wong mm-hmm. has been great, but mm-hmm. especially Connor Wong, you could get Connor Wong without trading Mookie Betts. I'm sure they could have done that. Uh, he was a minor league catcher. Don't have to yeah. trade Mookie Betts to get a minor league catcher. They probably could have gotten Alex Verdugo without trading Mookie Betts if they tried. So it's not about getting those guys, but getting those guys and getting some semblance of value and talent, you know? Okay, so what am I supposed to be mad at? Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> Early yeah. season, uh, any any Mookie revisionist, you, you can you can any yeah, you can Mookie choose, you revisionism, can me, ten. You can yes, ten. you can be choose to be mad at the people who early in the season were saying Verdugo is better than Mookie yeah. Betts. You can be mad at Mookie Betts for still being good. You could be you choose what you want to be mad at. I have one thing that I would be mad about Mookie Betts about, but I can't say it on the pod, and um, it has nothing to do with baseball. So I'm mad at the Mookie revision. What can you not say about Mookie Betts on the pod? If I could say it on the pod, I would tell you right now. But I can't. Are you just showing that you're smarter than Matt Darmody? It is not about a smart thing. This is just a random thing I know and like. Anyhow, not important. It is important. I'm really intrigued by this. And I can't think I will of tell one you thing. after the show. I can't think of one thing I know about Mookie Betts that I would not be comfortable saying on the podcast. I can't think of one thing. Well, we are different people now, aren't we? Uh, well, give me a what can, I, I, I want to guess what it is. Give me a category. No, category you don't. You, you let me tell you something. You don't. Uh and it, but it's not bad enough that I like am gonna is say this it something because... other people don't know. Is this just something that you know about Mookie Betts? Well, not just me. Other, so other people do know it. But do I know it? No. You I couldn't. Know it. You couldn't. I couldn't. It's oh, not, man, it's not important. It's, it's not important for the context of this conversation. It's not like, it's not even like a Dermody thing. I'll tell, you after, I'll tell you after the show. Okay. Oh my God, I'm dying to know. I might just, should we just end the show here now? I don't think I can continue before I know what you know about Mookie Betts. Okay, so anyhow, the people who try to be revisionists in short sample sizes, I'll give a 10 to because yeah, okay. you're just being opportunistic and you know better, which is the whole reason you're doing it. All right, last one. This one could either uh, bring you up or down. I'm curious to see. How angry are you about the fact that earlier this week, Aaron Judge had a really badass baseball game against the Dodgers in which he first crashed through the fence at Dodger Stadium in making it a spectacular catch in right field. In the same game, he had a home run. Just about the coolest baseball game a player can have. And then he went on the IL and will not be playing against the Red Sox this weekend. I mean, I'm a neutral. I'm happy he's not playing against the Red Sox. I wish he didn't get hurt. Also, uh, he—I don't know. Did you see the pic, the video of him with his puppy? 
No, I did not. Usually he had him on the outfield grass. It's oh jeez. It's it's really it's really something. Cause the little it's it's really something. It's, tiny, it's not like an annoying little dog. dog, it's a cute little dog. Yeah. And uh what all right, do you think he gave his dog a human name? I uh, know they said the name. Uh I they think it, I can't remember. Oh, let me see. Uh it may have a human name. Gus. Yeah, it's Gus. Gus. So he pulled the Dick Cheney. Aaron Judge pulled the Dick Cheney. That's yeah. a damn shame. All right. So yeah, his dog's name was Gus. Gus is a little bit better because Gus is not necessarily the type of name people are giving to their babies right now. It's a little old fashioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it um uh, I think it's a good name. But I like but then again, you know, I like it when people name their dogs. Like human names. Yeah. Human names. Yeah, you're wrong about that. All right, so zero. Zero. Okay. I'm mad All at right. you for I'm mad at you for being wrong about the dog thing, but zero. <laughs> All right, that gives you a final score of 31 this week. Brian, you are angry, my friend. Yeah, baby. That's right. The funny part is how not at all these results comport with my actual attitude in a given week. If any in a week, if anything, they're the opposite. Like I'm having a well, good that, week. Yeah, having that's a how- I was that's kind of part of the reason why I wanted to keep score and track this was because I was curious to see the relationship whether it, yeah whether it accurately reflects your sense of being yeah if I'm happy about the Red Sox things are miserable man <laughs> <laughs> so you're ha- you're actually happy right now you're having a you're having a good week even though you're angry about everything I said here today <laughs> yeah I mean Matt Dermody's starting tonight I think I've earned it yeah. Um, all right, that's it. 31. Uh, anything else before we move on to Yankee talk? No, let's let's do some Yankee talk. Yankee talk. The Red Sox head to Yankee Stadium this weekend. The pitching matchups are we have an all Garrett pitching matchup. Today. All Garrett, who's played for the Yankees. Pitching Garrett, that's matchup. true. Garrett Whitlock versus Garrett Cole. And by the way, I happen to know Garrett is one of the least represented names in the history of Major League Baseball. Garrett Whitlock, or sorry, Garrett Cole spells his wrong, of course. He spells it with an E. Um, but I, uh, I I am the part-time publisher of a newspaper called the Garrett Times, um, which me and one of my college roommates started. We started writing about our third roommate named Garrett. Uh, during college, we would just periodically write a newspaper about him and email it to all his Facebook friends. Um, we still keep up with it. And it was a really big deal for me personally when Garrett Whitlock and Garrett Richards were both on the Red Sox. That was the first time in Major League history that two Garretts were on the same team. So this has got to be the first all-Garrett pitching matchup tonight. Um who do you like in this all Garrett? You don't think match? Garrett Richards had faced Garrett Cole before? Or you just mean the oh, spell? Oh, shit. Uh, you might be right. He almost certainly did. Okay, damn it. It's not the first all Garrett pitching matchup. You must, be very, you must be very excited about Garrett Mitchell. I am, yeah. Well, th- that's the thing about Garrett's is none of them have been good before because it's never been a popular name. I have a really um, nice Garrett Mitchell baseball card that I'm showing you right here. Wow, that is nice. I actually pulled uh, this from a pack. It's very shiny. Yeah. So we got Whitlock versus Cole tonight. We have Tanner Houck versus Domingo Herman on Saturday. And then Sunday night, under the lights, Brian Bayo versus Clark 
Schmidt. How are you feeling about the Yankees right now? Because I feel like they're hot garbage, but they apparently are hot garbage that are four and a half games better than the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, if they're like, they're not the same team, but there's nothing to get super excited about. And they're going to finish whatever in the division, not first. No, I don't know. They just, I talk with, I don't think they're finishing second either. And I'm not sure they're finishing third. I talked with the Yankee. There's one, especially one guy about the Yankees and Red Sox. And he's just right now. He's just like, I don't like, he's like, we're more alike than we are different. And I just don't care to get, Oh, we beat the Red Sox. He's just like, I don't care. And I sort of feel the same. I mean, I want to beat the Yankees. Don't get me wrong. And if they get swept, it'll suck. And I think they might beat the Yankees in the series. I think they're due for a little regression, positive regression. And I like the Bayo Schmidt matchup, but we are the Red Sox are just a slightly above 500 team to me. And we're just going to keep fuck. It has nothing to do with the Yankees. We're just going to keep floating around that. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say they win two out of three this weekend, just to sort of break a little funk. Here is the list of current Yankees who have an OPS plus above 100 and who have played 25 or more games. Anthony Rizzo at 132. Glaber Torres at 106. Harrison Bader at 119, Aaron Judge at 194. And that is it. Oh, sorry. Jack Bowers, who's played 28 games. Jake. 127. Jake. Jake Jake Bowers. Another Jake. Another Jake. That's it. That's it. The Yankees have five guys who've played 25 games and and are OPSing better than league average right now. That's it. Are they they starting a homophobic? journeyman reliever he's not a journeyman uh but you know garrett cole well actually i was gonna say what do we know about him we do know this garrett cole and trevor bauer hate each other and have since college when they played together in ucla uh so that's a point in garrett cole's favor i suppose and i like alec manoa i liked him but manoa tried to flex on Garrett Cole and that has not worked on Boy, out at all. Yeah, it is not well, nothing's worked out for Alec Manoa at all this year. Um geez, what a what a fall he had. I, I thought he was a Cy Young candidate coming into the season. Everyone thought he was a Cy Young candidate coming into this another season. one of my big good cards right here. This is a five of ten. Alec turn it around baby I mean don't against don't, the Red yeah. Sox but <laughs> Um, I actually, I, I do think, I think we're looking at, in some order, Yankees, Red Sox, and fourth and fifth in the American League East. And I wonder if that's ever happened. I'm sure. Oh, it's actually, well, not not in the five not in the five team era. It definitely it definitely has not happened in the five team era. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We we would know that for sure. Um, the Yankees it's, have never it's, it's, it's when when have they done it? Because we know we right won. right right. The Yankees haven't finished under five hundred in thirty years. Um, is that good? So we, is that good? It's pretty damn good. So we know it hasn't happened in the five team era. Um, and frankly, the only other time you know, so if you want to talk about before the the two division era when there were 
eight teams in each division or not eight. I guess it was uh, how many teams were there in each division? Six, I guess, right? There were it was for for a while. It was twelve teams in the American League, twelve teams in the National League. Tigers, right? Yeah. Um, and then for a while it was seven. Um, no, I guess it wasn't seven because when they went up to twenty eight teams, that's when they brought in the Marlins and the Rockies. Whatever. Well, I mean, the, the most recent time would be 1990, but the Red Sox. Right. The Red Sox first. were good. Yeah. Right. yeah, the Red Sox were good when the Yankees were awful, and then prior to the prior to the the 1990s dip, the Yankees never even came close to finishing in last place from 1921 on. Um. So shit. Yeah, we could be looking at some history this year, Brian. That's we crazy. could be looking at some Red Sox Yankees futility history. Should we? All right. Here's my question. At what point in the season do we start to root for this? Which I guess what I'm saying is at what point do we give up hope for the Red Sox? Not yet. Not yet. They currently are at we're always 70... rooting for the other, obviously. Yeah. So. <clears throat> They're currently at 17% playoff odds per fan graphs for Red Sox are. To show our dedication to the Red Sox, we're not doing it when they have this idiotic spot start thing today with the homophobe we're still we still believe i guess i guess uh chris sale that doesn't help the fact that garrett whitlock isn't good anymore that doesn't help this garrett whitlock goes back to you said like he, you mentioned his thoughts he's like he really hasn't pitched so he's like no, you really projected yeah, yeah. i projected a lot yeah yeah, Garrett, Garrett Whitlock kind of misses. He's so far missed the strays on the uh, on the the like Red Sox uh, have a team full of injured pitchers. Nobody wants to talk about it because like no 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 he'll he'll be fine. Let's just we, not yeah we have faith it. in him. <laughs> yeah we have faith in him. Um, and none of his stuff has been serious arm stuff either. You're right. It was like the hips. I mean, he already had Tommy John when he was in the minor leagues, and there was like the hip stuff and all that. Yada yada yada. The fact that he had Tommy John is the only reason he's on the Red Sox. Frankly, that's the only reason why the Yankees gave up on him, didn't protect him. Um, but yeah, Whitlock hasn't been, you know, hasn't been a smooth start to his to his career. I mean, we know the flashes are there. But yeah, we'll see what we get from him. We'll see what we get from Bayo. From Bayo at this point, Bayo and Cassis both. Let's face it, we we both uh, we had. This a is a learn on the job year. It's a learn it on is. the job year. Yeah. Same yeah, for yeah. Duran. It's just like it's more consequential for Duran's career specifically. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, we are approaching the territory. It's it's only June eighth, and we are approaching the territory where it's. Sadly, going to be time to start rooting for the players as opposed to just the team itself, you know, where you're watching to see if Bayo can make the leap to see okay. if Costas can adjust. I mean, uh, I think we should just, it's like uh, 3D glasses. We should be looking out both of them at the same time so they can do a complete picture. And then, like, eventually yeah, we're just yeah. like, no, we'll just look at the. Fair enough. You're right. You're right. It is only June 8th. They easily no, but that's a off. huge part of that this season anyway. I mean, that's just very. It's really inherent in everything they're doing. Yeah. All right. So do you have do you have a serious prediction here? I say the Red Sox take two out of three. I don't believe it, but let's just say it. Two out of three. Herman and Schmidt, who are both they're kind of the definition of 
fine middle to back end rotation guys. Um, I did note they both did get lit up pretty badly in their last starts. Uh, giving up home runs, I think it was uh, was it Herman or Schmidt. One of them, one of them only lasted four innings and gave up four runs. To spite you, um, Duvall's just going to come back and pick up where he left off. He might. Hey, you know what? God bless him if he does. God bless him if he does. That only means more Kike at shortstop, though, probably. Because mm-hmm. that's a little monkey's paw situation. You know, you want to have Duvall come back? Okay. Do you want Kike to slide back to shortstop, too? Because for whatever reason, we're not taking uh, Kike's. It's, it's been determined that Kike must be in the lineup no matter what. It has been determined, even though at this point in his career, it seems the only value he adds is as a center fielder. Um, but we're running him out there. And and sure, look, I get it for uh, a lot of the, a lot of the same reasons as like Rymel Tapia versus Duran. You know, we, do we need to see Pablo Reyes out there? If we're just trying to win tonight, sure, put his glove out there. But, you know, as as you've been pointing out, this is a five-year plan, you know, whether they say uh, it or Yeah, not. and I think you'd want the best player in baseball in Pablo Reyes. <laughs> I do love Pablo. I have enjoyed watching him play quite a bit. Um, he, he might be he might be my current favorite player. My current favorite player changes like every three or four days, but he might be my current favorite player. That's fine. It's very hard for me to hold on to this Tanner Heil business. It's very frustrating. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, Hauk, he's just, it's, he just, it's, it's not, just can't good. do it. He just he doesn't just have it. He just, just doesn't have it. He just doesn't have it. And he would he just gotta, he's gotta be a reliever and just really leverage the, the right to left okay. action, I think. And, and we could be in a position too, where we all of a sudden need relievers. Um, Kenley Jansen's numbers now are kind of flattening. A little bit and uh well, you know what we should ways... do we should bring some up from from worcester and see if any can hang at the major league level i got a name <laughs> for you yeah. matt dermody matt dermody let's see if he can do it chris murphy looked good last night uh Hell speaking of guys yeah, coming up from worcester. um but yeah you know uh kenley's been struggling a little bit out there pavetta's shown flashes in the bullpen um but we might get to a point where the team is is better off with Tanner Houck in the bullpen if you know if 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 not just because he he's struggling to keep runs off the board as a starter but just because he could be probably would be the best pitcher in the bullpen right now right he's, he probably he would seems be. destined for the bullpen he seems to be you know he looks like we're the reverse image Chris Sale but Chris Sale's a one of one you know so yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. And I, and I understand he wants to be a starter and I'm glad he does. I'm glad he's doing the reverse Papel bond. I always, my entire career, I kind of held a, a, or his entire career, I should say, I kind of held a grudge against Papel bond because in my opinion, he took the easy way out. He yeah. Came up I know your feelings about, I know your feelings about this. Have we discussed this? We've discussed like, relievers in general. Yeah. Yeah. He came up as a starter was forced into the bullpen by circumstances and dominated and then came back the next year and was just like, I think I'll just do this uh, because I know I'm good at it. And I, I've always kind of held that against him a little bit. I want to, I want to see them. I want to see them try and do the hard things. And Tanner the revert, is it's a real, the it's real. The, it's like the Wainwright is what you want. Like that's the, yes. that's the ideal yeah. version of it. Yeah. 
All right, I will say the Sox take this series as well. I think they're gonna. Um, I think is I think one of the games going to be beating up Garrett Cole like they often do. I don't see that happening. I do. I think that's the only way they win two of three. You do? Because I just don't. Uh, I mean, the offense still isn't clawing their way out of it. I'm worried about tonight in general. I'm worried about the distraction of what tonight is going to be like in Cleveland. And I think there could be a little bit of a hangover on that on Friday. You know, th- this could be a bigger problem for the team on Friday than than on Thursday. It could be Friday that the that's the day that all the other guys in the clubhouse are being forced to ask and talk and think about this. Um, so I do worry about Friday going into Yankee Stadium with sort of all that distraction stuff. But I think they can take Herman and Schmidt. And I love uh, Bayo. You know, Bayo did not get the win the other night, but I actually think he pitched pretty well. He was really victimized by some just really poorly placed or, or excellently placed soft contact. Uh, I think he is a guy who I think he's the type of guy who likes, who's going to enjoy pitching in New York. Who's going to enjoy pitching under the Sunday night lights. So I like Bayo on Sunday. How I don't love on Saturday, but I'm not that terrified of Domingo Herman. So yeah, I think the Sox will lose to Garrett Whitlock and win the next two. You mean to Garrett Cole? Garrett Cole. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, too many Garrett's. Just- that's just about it, except for I get to make a recommendation because you already made yours. I did. Don't and I read a book in three sittings, so I got to brag about it. Wow. It's called The Escape Artist, The Man Who Broke Out of Auschwitz to Warn the World by Jonathan Friedland. It's raw. I'm not going to lie. But it is exactly what it says it is about a guy breaking out of Auschwitz. Uh, and you get – he's very – smart guy he was there at 19 he only survived as long as he did which is like a year there because of how smart and uh, adaptable he was i mean it's just like it's more horrifying than you can imagine but he did break out and it does make for an incredible escape story and that is probably why earlier in the podcast i misidentified um dermody's target of hate yeah. because I, I you know i just read that book so it was on top of it's, my i can't believe that hasn't been made into a movie yet i've never even i think it. it might be after this book because this book is I'm written sure it it's I'm written sure. like a movie except for it would be there's a re like there's a reason people don't make they make movies that reference auschwitz but I, I, taking mm-hmm. place there it's it was bad, man. Really. Yeah. Really. And that's actually, it will help you read the book fast. Cause like, I don't want to spend more time here than I, than I don't have to, mm-hmm. but it's, it's an incredible, it's an incredible story. This guy's amazing. And uh, yeah, that's it for the monsters of socks. All right. <laughs> what a banner day. What a banner day. We will be back next week. Barring food sickness. And hopefully we have some uh, better news about Red Sox starters. Dan? Let's hope so. Stay cool, Dan. Stay cool. I will. It's not even going to be that hot this weekend, so that won't be hard. You stay, you stay, uh, un lung filled with fire. Anyone who listened long enough to get to that, (laughs) that is your reward. We'll talk to you next week.